Well, friends, here we are once again with the Mobile DJ Business Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Peters. Thank you for downloading this long, long overdue episode. More importantly, thanks for your patience. As many of you know, my dad passed away on April 24th after losing a battle with pulmonary fibrosis. And I, I wrote a few things for my dad that I put up on the page, but I wanted to share a few things with all of you as I take a moment to kind of reflect the times we live in right now. You know, my dad, my dad always used to quote uh, Gilda Radner from Saturday Night Live, who played uh, Roseanne, Roseanne Adana, when he always said, it's always something. And his final plans for his wake and his funeral were definitely something that changed from what he had originally planned. And I could see him up there as we were trying to modify everything going, you know, it's always something. But he was a role model for me. You know, when I was a kid, I, uh, I remember first grade, the teacher asked us to do a drawing of what we wanted to be when we grew up. And my dad owned gas stations all throughout my youth. And I remember drawing a tow truck and that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be just like my dad. And it was a visit to a community access cable studio at his request that got me into what I'm doing now. I guess the story goes... Uh, and I guess what I'm getting at here today is dad really taught me a lot of things. And as much as I didn't get into gas stations or limousines or anything else, uh, I, I got a lot of, from my dad and I am doing something that is just like what my dad did. Cause my dad loved what he did. And I think that that speaks volumes. So thank you to all of you that sent over a well wish or a card or an email or just took some time to just help me remember him a little bit with some of the posts I put up. I'm trying to get back to business as usual in these really difficult times, which are still unprecedented. It's nice to see that there are certain parts of the country that are opening up again. We're talking about doing that right here in Massachusetts right now at the time we're recording this. So we're going to play a little catch up though. So this week, Coming up after the break, we've got Howard Wallach, and Howard's going to be sharing a little bit about how his connections led to him being able to travel and be compensated to DJ while he does it. And I know that's probably the last thing anybody's thinking of right now is travel, but it's a pretty good take, and Howard's a pretty smart guy, so I encourage you to give that a listen. Katie Sabak from NLFX Pro is going to be on later this week. And we did a special episode because Katie now has her own, what she calls Katie cast. And we're going to be getting to know Katie a little bit and her background and share a little bit about her podcast. So we're going to play some catch up here and get things back to a regular weekly schedule. And as part of that, I'm looking for some help. I'm looking for three or four of you that would like to come on and be part of a panel where we're going to discuss what the new normal is going to look like once the world begins to open up again and we begin to see events again. And I think it's going to be a really interesting talk and we're going to do it right here and talk about how it's going to impact your performance and your business. If you would like to be on that panel, 
I will pick uh, from people who express an interest, but obviously I need for you to give me a little more than, oh, I'll do it. Uh, please explain to me just a little bit about the value you can bring to it. Send me a private message on the Mobile DJ Business Podcast Facebook page. You can find it right there. Howard Wallach's going to be up next. We're just going to take care of paying a quick bill and giving you some education. That's up next right here on the Mobile DJ Podcast. Hey, folks, I talk about bubble parties all the time, and I'm making money doing bubble parties during what's called the new normal right now. You see, we've come up with ways to be able to keep our business going and market it at the same time. We can teach you, too. You can become the provider in your market that goes out and does these shows and can bring in revenue right now. Go to bubbleparties.com, click the Become a Provider page, learn about our program, get the free special report that teaches you how you can be the resource in your market to do it, and then contact me through the Facebook page and let me know you're interested. We can talk about creative financing to help all DJs right now get into this program without breaking the bank, especially where there's no revenue coming in. Check it out today, bubbleparties.com and the Bubble Parties Business Program. Well, folks, we're backing. You know what? I've been trying to get this guy on forever and a day to talk just about uh, his adventures and stuff. And he's like the world traveler and having a lot of fun. Howard Wallach, the top dog of Chicago. Welcome to the show. Hello, hello, hello. How you doing, my friend? I'm, uh, I'm buckled down here in Chicago. <laughs> I think we all are right now, but you know what? I think we're all <laughs> looking forward to, uh, to getting out. You've been all over the place lately. I know you did some stuff with John Young. I know you're doing some stuff. I've been seeing your name on the vault with Joe Bunn. I'm so glad I got a piece of your time today, man. Thanks for coming on the show. And, I love uh, you, Rob, and I'm, I'm happy to be here with you. For those who don't know who you are, uh, you're obviously known as Top Dog, and I love that about, I love how that's all presented. That's like the best part of, uh, of how you market yourself. Your brand is that. Uh, but tell us a little bit about how you got to be the Top Dog and how you got started. You know, I think like many of us in entertainment and special events, I, I love music. I was that class clown. I always enjoyed the spotlight. I was always the pleaser. And I got an opportunity as a young guy to be a part of a multi-op. And as things would unfold, at 23, I started A to Z Entertainment. I really began doing quite a few bar mitzvahs right as the interactive entertainer explosion happened. And I loved that being a part of a team and putting all that together. And it's been a, it's been a great ride. So that's pretty cool. And you've been obviously doing a lot of travel lately. You've been, uh, we, you and I have talked off air about your adventures and that's what we're going to kind of get into today because uh, it seems to me that some of that is paying off for you. You've done the, tell us a little bit about, first of all, you can tell the story better than I can. You Right before this all went down, you were on a cruise ship, right? It's true. I, you know, working special events and meeting so many connections can morph into how many opportunities, right? And uh, this was one of them. Uh, 
I had never thought I would be a candidate for a cruise ship. I thought I might be a little older. I'm not bilingual. <laughs> and I happened to meet, actually, out of New York, an agency that does luxury events and caters to a, a higher-end market. They happened to score this account with a European cruise line called MSC. And they recently came to America, and they dock out of Miami. They basically do uh, a cruise along the Caribbean. And I believe, now on hindsight, that I was chosen. Literally, they wanted a a seasoned American DJ to spice things up. They have uh, quite a a diverse, widely cultural passenger list uh, from all over the world. In fact, while I was on there, they had this many Americans. I'm putting wow. my fingers like this. It was, I, I could count the Americans on, on one hand. So I think I was kind of novel in that I wasn't from Europe and I wasn't banging beats like a club DJ, but I was more of an entertainer the way you see at special events. So I was taking requests. I was doing shout outs. I had a nice little following. I felt like a rock star. It was a, a really, really uh, exciting and challenging experience. You know, it's very different being on a boat and working seven days a week, but it's also invigorating. And I I found the entire experience to be rewarding. Sounds like you had a lot of fun out there and especially being uh, an American entertainer. I'm sure for those of us that know you, you didn't just, when people saw you, you were always, you had that onstage persona. So it wasn't like you were walking around for you know, you're walking around in sweats and a t-shirt. You were, you were all top dogged up, right? It's true. I, I found my downtime. I, I, by on purpose, I was intentional. I, I was dapper. So I was always rocking a suit. I, maybe I put a rock t-shirt underneath it, but it's very funny because both crew and passengers thought I was management. I was often stopped by crewmates asking permission from me. I said, Hey dude, I'm not your boss. I'm, I'm just the DJ. <laughs> Hey, you've been doing some talk a little bit about how you managed your company, which is A to Z Entertainment in Chicago, right? Correct. And Chicago-based. And and just to sidestep for a second, tell us a little bit about your company. And obviously, you do a little bit more than just DJ. You know, it's, it's the evolution. You know, I think you would say this about your company, as many of us, you know, self employed would. There's an evolution in how we present and how we evolve. Mitzvahs led me to the world of fundraisers and galas, and I found myself, my personality to be a master of ceremonies for these galas, and it evolved into, let me be a solution for you. Let me provide the video screens, and let me get into the staging, and let's do the lighting. So the way A to Z evolved, on one hand, I leverage off of a roster of talent. I book the DJs, the MCs, the dancers, the techs for events. And I myself, uh, I am a talent available for hire through several agencies. So one of the things that I've done is position myself as uh, the crowd gatherer. So one company brings me all over for trade shows where I, I tell my family I'm like the ShamWow guy. You know, when when people are walking through the trade show, many of these companies want a gimmick to lure people in. So they have magic or they do this or a game wheel or that. I'm just a fun personality and 
maybe through music trivia or other means, I'm a lure. I'm bringing people into the booth. So I've, I've positioned myself as Howard Wallach, top dog, the entertainer, and A to Z Entertainment that does hospitality, special events, and production. So you do more, you, obviously you do a lot of that production and uh, we've had our conversations one-on-one about that stuff. You're a wealth of knowledge. And, and having you on the show today is, in my opinion, really important because we're going to talk a little bit about how you incorporate your passion for traveling the world into opportunities. So I understand you've done some stuff recently in Indonesia. Talk a little bit about that experience and how that's working out for you right now. Yeah, that that's really special. I First, I, I'm an empty nester. My kids live in California. And... I may have opportunities that not everyone else has just because of the way I've structured my business and my free time. So I have a best friend and together we have traveled all over Asia, Hong Kong, Singapore, Philippines, Thailand. And we just put on our destination, our bucket list that we wanted to visit Bali, Indonesia. And during that diligence, I learned that they have beach clubs. Beach clubs are on premium spots of beach where there otherwise might be hotels. And they appeal to people that aren't staying at hotels. There are these very bougie, high-end, uh, they have the, the, the canopies, the, the beach beds, these you know chefs, and uh, all-you-can-drink packages. And basically, they give you a wristlet, and you get to lounge all over their lock of land, which might include an infinity pool, a lap pool, unbelievable food and drinks, and of course, amazing beach and palm trees. And so it's, it's luxurious. And they have these DJs rocking beats all day and all night. And I started looking into it, and the truth is I made a list of no less than 20 of these And I thought maybe, just maybe, I would write them, I would try to give myself an introduction. And as I got into it, I realized it was like throwing a dart into the universe. They don't know me. I really don't know them. And I found it to be uh, difficult. I went a little bit above and beyond. I ended up on one of the articles that I read about these clubs. I ended up, this is funny, I wrote the author of the article. I believe it was BuzzFeed. And he talked about, you know, how entertaining and exciting, a great way to meet people were these beach clubs. So I literally wrote him on LinkedIn. We connected there. And I said, read your article, thought it was fabulous. And he said, thank you. And then I began a conversation that said, hey, I'm headed your way. I wonder if we can meet for drinks. Absolutely. Tell me a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm a performer, entertainer, DJ here in Chicago. And we kept going. And ultimately, I just said, hey, I wonder if you could make introductions for me. It it seems like it's an impossible, daunting task for me to do on my own. But since you know so many of these owners, I know you don't know me from Adam. But if you afford me that opportunity, I will shine for you. I will be a great brand ambassador, and I can throw in a little American that maybe they otherwise wouldn't see. I don't know if you know this, 
Rob, but Bali is a major uh, island destination for folks in Australia. Kind of the way we use Hawaii as our island destination. Right. So it's, it's heavily, heavily Australian influence there. And so, most of the DJs come from either Australia or Europe or, believe it or not, Israel. But not, not America. So before you continue, because I think it's really important to emphasize some of the lessons that, are being, that, that you're giving us already. Uh, one of the big lessons you gave me, and I have no problem sharing this, is when you go to a networking event, after you do your follow-up, you look up and connect with those people on LinkedIn. And you took just basically something you read, looked up and connected with the writer on LinkedIn, and used that as an opportunity for when you travel to the area to ask them to make some introductions for you on your behalf. Yes. I think that that's important to emphasize here that there's power in maintaining, especially where we're all being socially distant right now, that keeping your LinkedIn connections and, and keeping conversations going with them after you meet them or after you write to them is really important. And you took advantage of that. And you did the one thing that I think a lot of people overlook. And that is when it comes to a referral or a connection or an introduction, you emphasize the fact that, you know what, I'm not just another DJ. I'm going to appreciate that you're giving me an introduction. You're putting some effort in on my behalf, and I'm not going to let that go to waste. I'm going to be a rock star for you. And I think that that's important. So, you know, folks, if you're writing this stuff down and you take notes as part of this podcast, this is one you're going to get writer's cramp from because there's more to the story that Howard's going to share in a second. But I think we need to stop for a second and just, you know what, the power of being able to go into your LinkedIn connections and go, okay, how can I use this to my advantage right now? And you're taking advantage of that. I think you're right. It's a combination of diligence, tenacity, follow-up, and follow-through. I loved rolling my sleeves up and connecting the dots. And I actually enjoyed meeting this guy. And I was literally at O'Hare. I was on my way there when I, my WhatsApp went off. I picked it up. It was him saying, guess what? I scored a, a gig for you. And I oh, wow. was so thrilled. I, 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 I had packed accordingly. So I had my hard drive. I had my headphones. I had a bag of adapters. I was ready to go with my laptop. And I worked out a deal. It turns out because of under the short notice, I was not able to obtain a work permit. So technically, they were not able to pay me. So what they did do was they paid for my transportation to and from my resort on the other side of the island. They offered me all the food and drink me and my friend could enjoy for the hours that I was there. The shift was intended to be three hours. I got there early. I met everybody. I bonded with the manager. That's a follow-up story for a moment. Mm -hmm. And when they said go, they didn't give me any instruction, any do's, any do nots. They basically said, you do you. So I read the environment. I knew this wasn't going to be dancing. This, this was people lounging, enjoying the sun, enjoying the vibes. And I went with a program that I thought was appropriate to complement those vibes. I didn't want to be obtrusive or center stage. But I like the idea that people could be finger snapping and bopping their heads and singing along. 
So a combination of acoustic versions of songs, tropical house, reggae, and reggaeton. And it was, it was again, wildly diverse. Most of the people were from Asia. And that included India, and that included China. And so here I am, literally the only Caucasian for miles <laughs> doing me and what I thought was best. And I got lots and lots of love, people high-fiving me and taking pictures with me. And when it was over, this was the magic. I, I asked her, the manager, if she was happy. And she said, oh, you were wonderful. And then I said, you know, New Year's Eve was just a couple weeks ago. What did you guys do? And she tells me that management had brought in not one, but two uh, big acts from Europe. Big acts meaning they had lots and lots of followers on social media. She said they paid a fortune for it. And I said, how did it go? And she shrugged her shoulders and she says, eh, it was all right. And I said, pardon me for asking, but were you under the impression that because they had so many followers, that they would somehow magically follow them to Bali? I mean, it's a six to nine hour flight. It's, you're on a remote part of the island. I would think that people who enjoy this spot like it for where it's at and for your brand and what you have to offer. I almost feel like any seasoned DJ could be here that they wouldn't bring their following. She says, you know what, you're right. They really didn't bring their following. Our audience is our audience is our audience. So that's when I found the open door and I said, well, look, I don't have 250,000 followers on Instagram, but I now know your club. I understand the brand. And if you enjoyed what I did, I would love to put my name in the hat for the opportunity to do next New Year's Eve. And I'm positive I would be more affordable, which would include you covering my flight allowing me accommodations while I'm here and I'll do one further. You pay for me to, you pay me well to do New Year's Eve and I'll give you another four additional days for pennies. I love this afternoon vibe. You know, it's from 2, 2 p.m. to 5 p.m. What I didn't mention was I gave them an extra hour. Mm -hmm. They didn't ask for it, but I was in such a zone and I was flying high from the all that was happening and all the stimuli that I, I just couldn't get enough. I didn't want it to end. So I ended up doing a four hour shift. She ended up treating me like a king and said, absolutely, let's revisit this and negotiate a way for us to bring you back. Rob, the story continues. That was only one club. This author offered me two more opportunities. One of them was on my way back home from the car ride from this beach club. I called him to say, hey, I just want you to know that mission accomplished. We had a very, very two thumbs up, five star experience. He's like, I know. She already called me to tell you she, she loves you. Oh, wow. That's great. I was so happy. And as it turned out, I ended up performing at a pool party on the top of a luxury hotel. You know, one of these rooftop experiences. And then the third one, was the funniest one of all because now this was my third time. They asked me for uh, a, a recent photo of me. Little did I know they would blanket the streets with a 10-foot poster of Top Dog from the <laughs> USA. I'll have to share that picture with you. It's one of my pride and joys. 
I had taken uh, the equivalent of an Uber. It was a grab. Mm-hmm. And the grab uh, dropped me off two blocks from the club into the zone. And as I was walking through the zone, I was looking at posters of me. Send that picture over. because I felt when like we I put, was Tiesto. <laughs> when, when we put the podcast up, let's put that, we're going to put that picture up in the comments. That way that people can see it. That's great. I sent that picture to my kids. I sent it to my friends. I sent it to my staff. I was laughing. I said, they must think I'm some big deal. But the truth is, it was, it was a big deal. They had not had uh, an American rock a party. And this was an eve. The, the third party was an evening um, retro hip hop. And they were right in my, my soft spot. 90s exactly. hip hop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I loved it. That's great. So you maximize these opportunities. Now, I guess the first question I have, because the way my mind works, did you ever end up actually face to face having those drinks with the writer? Or was it? I did. did you, you did. Okay. We ended up meeting twice, and since I've been back stateside, we continue our conversations. We send each other photos. I, I I got to meet his wife, his two daughters. I did end up buying him dinner the one night we met, and he was flabbergasted. He thought that was so generous, and I said, "No, it's not. It's appropriate for the way that you took me in on on faith, really." Um. You know, let's say I dazzled him with my personality. He did not really know my talent level, right? He did not understand my skill set. But on a leap, he opened these doors for me, and I wanted to show my gratitude. He picked the restaurant because it had these magnificent sunset views. And I just couldn't thank him enough. These were It was like one opportunity after another. And now I would call him my friend, and we continued these conversations. And in the perfect scenario... COVID behind us, mm-hmm. I will find a way, a magical passport back to Bali, Indonesia. <laughs> so you've got some strong connections there. And that was all the result of reading an article and reaching out to somebody. Yes. So obviously you've, you've got these plans underway right now. With COVID-19, everything's at a standstill or are you still negotiating or are they still planning on no, I guess that's no, the big question right now. There's no conversations right now. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of concern. Anybody, Rob, that tells you they know what, when, how, <laughs> there, there is no answers right now. We don't know if it's end of summer, if it's fall, or if, the, or if 2020 is a wash. I am just trying to stay in touch with soft touches, you know, being resilient, being top of mind is the order of the day. What we can be doing with our time now is curating these important relationships. Look, you and I are staying in touch. It Mm -hmm. speaks volumes, right? We each know hundreds and hundreds of people. But if it matters, if it's a priority, you stay in touch, whether it's by text, you know, Facebook, whatever means you're using. And um, I'm, I'm thrilled that we get to keep doing this and, I, I if, listen. If people love my stories, I've got plenty of them. I'm always happy to share. <laughs> but you know what? That's really the cool thing is you're one of the the people in the business that is like me and and a lot of other people. You're a giver, and you have a wealth of knowledge. And I think this particular story and angle that we're talking about today is really important because I think a lot of people don't put the proper stock, if you will, into how a connection can pay dividends. And I don't think a lot of people put a lot of stock in 
LinkedIn as being a viable social media platform to do business with. I think I, a lot of people agree. are focused on the gram and they're focused on, um, you know, Facebook and Instagram. And I don't, especially with the transitions that we've made here at RPE and you and I have talked one-on-one about this. Um, that tip you gave me about when you go to a networking group, you know, after you're done with your follow-up to make a connection with them on LinkedIn was pure gold because it's doing the same thing for me on a smaller scale here in Boston and Providence as it's doing for you in places like Bali and Indonesia. Uh, it's phenomenal. I want to give you one more tip to add to that piece. Sure. In addition to collecting those cards when you go to a networking event, yes, in addition to connecting with them on LinkedIn, here's, here's the piece of the top dog puzzle that makes a difference. And that is, if I, if I believe it will lead to business, if I believe they are a wheel that can make further introductions, they may not have a need today. Maybe their daughter is not getting married. Maybe they're not planning a class reunion, right? But what I think, if I, if I really earnestly believe it's a solid connection, I literally put it in my calendar, not once, not twice, for another touch. And in that initial conversation, these are my secrets. In another conversation, they, they might tell me, their wife just got a raise or a promotion or uh, their son is going in for a surgery. I make it a point to use that as, as, as part of the next conversation. So two weeks later, I'll say, tell me, how did Larry do? And they go, oh my God, you remembered that tiny little thing? And it's that memory, the way they felt about the conversation that keeps me top of mind. So when they are planning that expo, that gala, Mm -hmm. that wedding. I am the guy they go to. And it wasn't just that that it was the LinkedIn. It wasn't just the first follow-up. It was the the listening, the compassion, and the authenticity of the business relationship that is evolving. Good stuff, Howard. Great stuff. So listen, um, we're getting to our... I, editing is obviously going to be my strong suit today. I, you, you stayed up all night. I'm like running on fumes and I don't know why I've been up since five 30. Uh, let's bring that back in. I just, let me mark it down here. All right. So Howard connections are, are brutally important here. Any other tips you want to share with the audience? I think that when people say your name, they should say he's full of grit full of passion, he's consistent, and he adds value wherever he goes. If you can hit that kind of trifecta when your name comes up, watch how this business comes back. I think it's going uh, to be the strong shall survive, and it's stuff like this that I think are going to add to that. In talking, It's funny, last week we had Jordan Marshall on the show, and I know you know Jordan uh, very, through, very through Sean. And the one thing that that we talked about really quick, and I think this is a great way to kind of um, wrap up our discussion today, is we're going to see a change in our industry because you're. I think you're going to see the people that um, aren't maybe charging as much as we do. First of all, I think you're going to see the people that are really killing it with image and branding and things like that and things that we do to keep ourselves relevant is going to help us stand out. But I think the other thing is 
you're going to see the people that aren't doing it kind of disappear out of the marketplace and uh, allow us to be able to flex our wings a little bit more because the marketplace is going to have the quality there. And I think that the stuff you've brought up today and the story you've told not only is great to help us on a local level, but if you've got those aspirations of, of being able to take your passion like travel and being able to use that as your advantage, I think that's going to be key. And you know what, my friend, I have a funny feeling next New Year's Eve, uh, you're going to be sending me pictures from Indonesia and Bali going, look at me, Rob, I'm killing it. It would be a wonderful continuation of the story. In other words, it ain't over yet. The story is not finished. <laughs> well, you know what, Howard? I appreciate. I know you're a busy guy, and you've got all that stuff going on out with A and Z right A to Z right now. So, uh, I appreciate you being on the show today. Thank you for sharing this story. And uh, guys, I hope it helps you out in your business. And stay tuned next week for another episode of the Mobile DJ Business Podcast. Howard, thank you, my friend. Be world class, everybody. Be world class. You've been listening to the Mobile DJ Business Podcast. Give us your ideas for future guests, questions, or topics, or just stay informed about upcoming episodes on our Facebook page or visit www.mobiledjpodcast.biz. The Mobile DJ Business Podcast is a production of Ron Peters Entertainment, all rights reserved.